0: Welcome to High Performance Mindset with Dr. Sindra Kampoff. Do you want to reach your full potential, live a life of passion, go after your dreams? Each week, we bring you strategies and interviews to help you ignite your mindset. Let's bring on Sindra. Today's episode is sponsored by Worldwide Access Solutions Incorporated, a 24-7 clear advantage, a call center providing inbound and outbound services and a licensed life and health insurance agency. You can visit them at wasi.com. Welcome, and this is your host, Cindra Campoff. I'm appreciative today that you are listening to the High Performance Mindset and to an interview with Angie Bastian. Angie is co-founder and president of Angie's Boom Chicka Pop. Now, it is likely that you have bought and tried Angie's Boom Chicka Pop. Everywhere I go, it seems like whenever I'm traveling, I always see Angie's on the shelf. Now, Angie's Boom Chicka Pop is available at Target, Kroger, Costco, Whole Foods, and on Delta flights. Now, Angie has a very inspiring story. Back in 2001, Angie and her husband, Dan, bought a kettle online and began popping corn at local events to teach their kids the importance of hard work and to earn extra income for their college funds. Now fast forward 14 years later, and Angie's is one of the fastest growing popcorn brands in the world. Angie's Boom Chicka Pop now has over 250 employees. And Angie provides incredible insight in this interview today. There are three things that stand out to me as most important that she describes for any high performer. The first thing that she describes is the importance of getting comfortable being uncomfortable. She talks about how she's scared every single day as an entrepreneur, but what she has learned to do is contain that fear. But fear is definitely part of her journey, and I really appreciate how honest she is about this. And listen for how she describes how she contains that fear. I love her story about being on the Martha Stewart Show and the strategies she used to manage herself as a high performer on Martha Stewart's show. And then the third thing that really stood out to me is that a lot of times we think successful companies just happen overnight. But literally, she is the story of how it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. She also describes the grind and how it wasn't always easy at times. And she describes the difficulty along the way. I think that helps us keep it in perspective, that we will experience adversity along our way to success. So I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did conducting the interview. And thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like to join the discussion, send a tweet to at Boom as well as at Strong, which is my Twitter handle. We'd love to hear what stood out to you about today's interview. Here's Angie. So Angie, let's just start and tell us a little bit about your passion and what you do right now. Uh, thanks for
1: having me. We have, my husband Dan and I, uh, built Angie's Boom Chicka Pop uh, from the ground up, and we're a natural, organic snack food company that pops popcorn, and uh, we started uh, early on with a kettle outside uh, and popped for farmers markets and small, amateur baseball, um, Minnesota Vikings, and uh, we built the company. Uh, to uh, one of the fastest nationally growing brands of natural popcorn, and uh, our passion every day is about uh, delivering food with integrity. Um, It's about growing a business responsibly, helping our, uh, our employees, the people that have uh, jumped on board with us from the very beginning. That maybe even interviewed with us in our living room, <laughs> uh, like making sure that you know they have success within our organization, and that um, as a broad organization, we we remain true to our roots and we remain uh, willing and open to grow. Uh, and that's where our passion is. And and underneath all that, it's about making quality products, you know, and, and serving
0: those products you know, in a way that's extraordinary. So Angie, I hear you talking about not just this popcorn, right. um, but integrity, responsibility, and treating your employees really well, That like they're, like they're your family. Mm-hmm. So tell us about how you started this. So you started in 2001, and it was literally, and you started it in your garage, in this yes. cold Minnesota yeah. garage. Right. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> What were so, we thinking, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> T- just tell us about yeah. you know why did you start it in your garage? What do you, what were you hoping from it at that point? And then kind yeah. of wh- where did it go from there? Okay, so two thousand one, the fall, um, uh, Dan
1: and I uh, looked at each other. We had just moved back to his hometown here in, in Minnesota, in Mankato, and. Um, we had a five-year-old and a three-year-old, and we kind of panicked a little bit and said, oh, we haven't started a college fund for these kids. We, you know, uh, our belief is that education was uh, the avenue and foundation you know, uh, for, for success and for creating a situation that gives a child the benefit of everything that is possible and it starts with education. I, I think it was true for Dan, it was true for me, and I um, I was a nurse practitioner uh, for uh, the state hospital, uh, and uh, I had been in the nursing profession at that point about 22 years, and I had been an ER nurse, an ICU nurse, and I got my um, master's degree in psychiatric nursing from Emory University oh. in Atlanta, and then practiced in, in nursing, and, And worked with uh, severely and persistently mentally ill patients and my husband was a junior high uh, school teacher and uh, taught Spanish and history and was a baseball coach and uh, we decided uh, for us we didn't know what we were going to do but we thought we would start a part-time business and for us that meant buying this big kettle that we found on the internet Um, After thinking about it about three days, uh, we didn't have any money, so we financed it with 0% credit cards. Wow. And uh, something that, you know, every business school would say, don't ever do, but we didn't know any better. We just did it. We were like, okay, let's do this. We can do this. And so it it was something that we could do part-time in the evenings, um, on the weekends, uh, during the summer, and uh we started popping kettle corn in our garage and we'd set a tent out you know to extend our garage and then set up this little thing and um a little one one stall garage and then we started uh, you know kind of getting this to go and and working out the formula that we wanted in the recipe and then we found places that would let us pop like in front of a grocery store or um at moondogs baseball games or which was amateur baseball or Um, high school events, anywhere, anyone would let us pop, we'd pop, Um, and then we eventually popped at um, Vikings training camp at at MSU, Uh, and um, on that, um, our first weekend, my my husband's like a huge Vikings fan, and I just said, uh, don't you think it'd be fun, like if the Vikings ate our popcorn? And uh, don't you know somebody, like, at Gage Towers that could get it in to them? And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll, like, I'll get some. I'll get somebody on the phone in, I'm sure. And so we called the Vikings, and they said, oh, sure, you know, as if it's free, we'll take it. They <laughs> <You know? laughs> so were like, oh, sure, it's free. We just thought it would be fun if they ate our popcorn, <laughs> wouldn't that be so cool, you know? Uh-huh. And what we didn't know at the time is that we were marketing to influencers. You know, we had no idea, but it was an instinct, you know? And... Um, well, wow. and we we hopped 120 bags, dropped it off, and on a Sunday evening while they watched film, and the next day um, we had coaches and, and trainers and people from the Vikings organization coming up to us and saying, "Hey, you know, there's this big buzz. Everybody loved it. You know, they they want more. You know, <laughs> and and then the Vikings organization came to us and said, you know, you want to be the official. Kettle Corn of the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, you know my husband was thrilled because <laughs> he wants tickets. You know, and,
0: and, for sure, and for sure.
1: But it was eight thousand dollars, which we also didn't have, and so yeah. So it was working out a solution. Like, how can we make this work? Because we know we want to be there. We don't know for sure how it's mm-hmm. going to work. We know we need to make at least eight thousand dollars to break even, and this year it was. 2002. So after 9/11. So 9/11, nothing went into an NFL stadium at that time, and so we knew that people wouldn't just eat half a bag or stand out in a blizzard, eating a little bit, and go into the Metrodome because we started to pop before every home game at the Vikings, and so we just asked the Vikings if they wouldn't mind asking the NFL. If it was okay, you know, they could people could bring our bags into the Metrodome. And to the Vikings' credit, they went to the NFL and asked. And the NFL said, well, okay, I guess, you know, as long as it's in a clear bag. Our product went into the Metrodome. And as far as we know, it was the only product that entered an NFL stadium that season wow. in 2002. And, and we learned a lesson. You know, don't immediately believe that it can't be possible. Just find a solution. Find a way. Find, make it work. You know, Ask and all they can say is no i guess you know and then we we probably you know wouldn't have moved forward but we found a way to make it work and and we actually even made maybe a little bit of money that season and we you know instead of just breaking even and it gave us a platform you know a, a broader
0: audience cool angie so i heard you talk about so many important things like following your instinct but then also following finding a solution and just because you know you don't think something's going to happen you always are trying to find a solution, which I think are important mindset components that are really important for success. I'm thinking that, you know, as you're talking, that this Vikings um, opportunity to sell the the kettle corn was really essential to the growth of your business. Can you talk about when you actually made the big leap in terms of when did you quit your job as a nurse practitioner? When did your husband quit his job as a teacher? And when did you know that that was right? I stayed nursing for the next...
1: I guess it would have been the next six years. Um, and I supported the family through my paycheck, and uh, Dan then dedicated his time to building the business starting in 2004, so three years later. And we, we were just sort of in a mobile food uh, unit, is what it's called in Minnesota. Uh, and we were selling our kettle corn at, you know, farmers markets and fairs and outdoors. And because of that, you know, we we had people asking us about, why don't you sell it in grocery stores? And someone then gave us a contact at a Lund's and lease, And we had a meeting and they were interested. They wanted to support okay. local. This would have been 2003, but, you know, we didn't know anything about nutritionals or anything like that. And the buyer coached us and just said, hey, you know, um, you need to get these kinds of things done. And, you know, we knew we needed to move the operation indoors. And so we found a place, uh, a small kitchen in the back of the grocery store and fashioned up our kettle Um, There which wasn't as easy as you think because we had to buy different equipment and for us It was about maintaining the authenticity of the product You know moving it from how you do it outdoors hot fresh into an indoor you know, sealed and all of that. But we did it with about 150 square feet in the back of a grocery store in 2004. And Dan quit teaching at that point and dedicated himself every morning to popping kettle corn and then getting up at, getting up early first delivering. We started in three Lunds and Byerly stores uh, and in the St. Peter Food Co-op and some other food co-ops in the um, in the Twin Cities area. And it grew from three stores to you know, 20 stores to to additional um, distribution, and then we got connected with some regional brokers and distribution companies, and we outgrew that space. We moved into another space in 2000, no, 2005. We bought a building. Um, we outgrew that space, and then moved into our production facility in 2007, and then in 2010, it, it became. Up until that point. Um, I was doing, like, QuickBooks at night doing (laughs) payroll and after, you know, dictation and after patients and after, you know, and Dan was running up to the cities at 4 a.m. to deliver and in the back rooms and stuff, so it was chaos. Um, And we had two young children that were growing and were in every activity possible, so thank God for grandmas and grandpas and, um, you know, good friends helping us. Um, and, uh, you know, I-, I think it was 2011 that I retired after 28 years and stopped working in oh. nursing and then
0: dedicated full-time to ANCHE's. So just in 2011, and, and last year, in September 2014, you sold to a major private equity group to help you grow um, can you give us a snapshot of how much you have grown in the last three years? I mean, I was just in Salt Lake City visiting my sister mm-hmm. and went to the grocery store and I saw Angie's Chicka Pop. Yeah. I mean, I, I bought some there, yeah. you yeah. know. And so I know it's on Delta, you know, it's it's everywhere all throughout the world. So yeah. tell us about your company right now and yeah. how it has really grown since 2011. You know,
1: we had just mostly, you know, upper Midwest um at Chicago we launched in 2010 uh, and we had distribution there we are now in 50 states we're in South Korea we're in Western Canada we're in the Caribbean we're in Mexico um, you know so we have national distribution and we were you know we're preparing um, you know for larger distribution um, we have about 250 employees right now and um, And, uh, you know, we've had, at times, year over year, growth of 100%, sometimes larger than, you know, uh, just when we think that um, we're going to stabilize, you know, we we have a period of growth, you know, that surprises us, and we hire a bunch more people. There was one time in 2010, we hired 101 people in 60 days to meet production. Um, So we had, you know, spurts of growth like that, and that's... A challenge to assimilate that many people into a system, you know, productively, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there. Those are things. we're not we're not doing that right now. I mean, it's a little bit steadier in terms of growth, um, but you know, we, you know, it's it's been an amazing growth year, even though as we as we brought on additional resources to stabilize things, you, you, we're still growing. So yeah. we haven't had a year that, that
0: we haven't grown,
1: you know, ever.
0: Yeah. Um, could you tell me about, you know, one or two things that you really think has contributed to your success and taking this really small idea into something that's international?
1: Uh, it's all about the team. It's all about the people you bring into your system. You know, it's all about... Um, the integrity of your product the quality of your product and then uh you know it's it's servicing that product with the people that you have connections with which for us are buyers you know our customers are our organizations but then there are personal contacts within those organizations and you know it's it's you have to maintain that relationship. Um, they have to care about what you do and your product, and um, and our product happens to be popcorn. There's a lot of other bigger things you can care about. The way that we see this is that, you know, Dan and I came from service professions, and um, and Dan's a fantastic baseball coach. He could get 11-year-olds to do things like they didn't know they could do, you know, because... He made it fun and enjoyable and and helped them live in uncomfortable situations like being in a batter's box is uncomfortable my daughter played fast pitch softball when she was 10 and the first time she was at bat she got hit in the middle of the back and i thought okay is she gonna cry or yeah. what and yeah. and she went to the she she went down to first base and i and after that you know at the end of the game i just said wow well, that was something wasn't it and she goes what and I said well you got hit in the the first that that and she goes yeah well my brother hits me harder than that you know so, <laughs> so what that was is about perspective right and and but she she faced down um pitchers you know that are throwing really hard and she could have kept that in her head and been scared but for us it was about it's like learning how to be like live with discomfort you know live live in an uncomfortable situation and when you're building a business you every day it's an uncomfortable situation, and you have to become comfortable. Because as owners, you go deeper in debt to grow more. You know, you 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 have personal guarantees. You know, everything can be on the line. And for us, it was except my minivan. And and you and and when you're growing that fast, you have employees that have to live in that discomfort too, because so much is being asked of them to be performing at a level that. Maybe they've never had to before, but we believed they could, and and welcomed everybody to perform. And I'm going to use that word because here we are with you. Yeah, because it is is to trust themselves that they can grow within an organization. If my son grew 100 percent year over year, the amount of pain and food that I would have taken was enormous and I, I just had to keep that in perspective our organization you know the amount of resources fuel and you know and we didn't always get it right you know mm-hmm. but it's so mm-hmm. so that's the pain right is the mistakes it's just not leaving it a mistake it's kind of accepting it and then like fixing it let's find a solution and in fact it becomes fertilizer sometimes you know it it creates growth in some, other, in some other ways. And so we've always tried to take that as a part of kind of extending our sort of personal philosophy into, into the business. And we found business partners that were congruent with how we approached business.
0: Awesome, Angie. I'm so glad that you talked about that. In particular, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Can you talk to us us about the strategies you used Like when your business was growing and it started to feel uncomfortable and you started to think about the debt that you were in? How did you maintain more of an optimistic perspective? How did you get really comfortable with that and just keep on growing? Because I think what that can do is it can make some people stagnant where they just stay and they don't move forward and their business doesn't grow because they, they can't get comfortable with that feeling of being in debt um, and pushing pushing the limit, pushing what you've done before in your life. On a couple of levels, I remember actually first Dan and I talking
1: about this and saying, you know, no matter what happens with the money part of it, this business could maybe fail, but we're not going to fail. Like, we'll be okay. You know, like we're okay and i felt that way because we had a foundation of education behind us for one thing and yeah. i felt like our family is fine we may be we we may have to move we may have to like this thing doesn't work but ultimately we're going to be fine we'll just owe a lot of people a lot of money money you know it's just money you know and Um, It's not it's not who we are and it doesn't define us and and our kids are are, We still love each other. We still have our kids and our kids will be fine and and um, And we'll be you know, we'll we'll find something else to do. It was really just about Having that mindset, you know and not defining who we are with the business success or failure now what's strange about that is its success has continued to define us and I suppose that if 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 we had failed we would maybe see that too but I I also think that both Dan and I are people that say we're not going to let it fail. You know? <laughs> you know like like it's not like it, we thought obviously it's not an option. It's just like every single day we were doing something to move it forward, you know? Like and I wish maybe we had. We didn't have a vision or a mission or whatever. We just okay. knew that, that this is what we're doing now, and we're going to do it the best we
0: know how to do it. And maybe that was our our goal and our mission, was to just to do our best. Awesome. You know, and what I hear you talking about is that, you know, you trusted yourself, and you didn't define your success or your failure personally. Can you talk about a time that didn't go great, you know, in your business and when you're growing this? Like, what? can you give us an example of a failure? Because... Not everything does go perfectly, but, you know, you've had this much success. So can you t- tell us about a time that you did fail and what, what you learned from it?
1: Oh, yeah. We had, we had one of those. Um, early on in our business, um, we developed the a 45-year anniversary commemorative tin for the Vikings and with them. And uh, the minimum order was 10,000 tins, a, a semi-truck load. And at the time, we were maybe uh, not quite a $100,000 business. We had really no business doing this, but I guess, you know, like, we didn't know that. You know, we were like, okay, there's business. Let's go do this. Let's, let's make this happen. The week that we took delivery on those tins, um, they had the little love boat, um, incident let's call it and so retail and we had retailers that were going to buy these tins we had schools that were going to sell them as um a fundraising events you know so and within a week all retailers pulled gear off the shelves like they like uh school said there's no way we're going to sell these things so we were in a position where we were like Holy cow! Now what? Like we're going down, you know? What are we gonna do? You know? Because here we had this huge investment, um, and we had, you know, it, it's a, it's a, um, it's a lesson in diversifying your business for one. Okay. The other thing is, it's you know, we we were good partners with the Vikings, and so um, you know. We just called them and said, hey, you know, we're just a small business. This is kind of the situation that we're in. And honestly, it it could have just been, we could have, like, sat at home and, like, wrung our hands and said, okay, this is awful. Here, we're going down. But we didn't. The Vikings, again, (laughs) talked, like, their sales and marketing team got together, and apparently they ran it up the chain to ownership, and... They felt terrible, you know, and they were trying to manage their own PR, including, and this is where I credit good organizations, like, they reached out to us and said, come in, let's talk, we're we're sorry this happened, um, this is not how we want our organization to be, how can we help, and they, that year, bought, like, tins uh, they gave to every um season ticket holder they Mm -hmm. bought a bunch for charity and gave it away i mean they gave our our tins as as holiday gifts to friends and family they kept us afloat they kept that sort of responsibility to us as business partners and um you know it, it it was amazing you know they had our respect instead of our you know, could have been, you know, disdain, but it it turned it all around by the way that they handled it. And for us, it, you know, it created loyal, loyal um, customers, loyal fans, loyal vendorship, you know, partnerships. And, um, you know, it's so a huge, huge mistake can turn into something that can be an amazing, and, and I would say relationship.
0: Yeah, Angie, that gave me goosebumps (laughs) as you were talking about it, because I thought, you know, if you didn't have the relationships with the Vikings, would have they bailed you out, right? Right. And that was just so key. Um, And then what came from that is having more loyal customers that were their their season ticket holders. And you never know what what would have happened if that didn't happen. That difficulty didn't happen. Right. Um, how about, can you tell us about maybe an aha moment that you had in your career and what you learned from it? Is there something that, you know, really stands out as something that was defining and building your business? This is
1: going to sound, it, this isn't necessarily about defining the business, but it's the first thing that came to my mind when I had an aha moment. You never know what you need (laughs) in a moment until you realize that everything that you've done up until this moment gives you what you need for this moment and that moment for me was when we were on the Martha Stewart show oh wow and it it was it was taped live I was supposed to teach Martha Stewart how to pop kettle corn on the stovetop and or Dan and I were and and um and you know martha is an intimidating uh, martha like i know her <laughs> she can, she's she could be she's a you know she's a powerful person i i could have been scared you know and froze but I, in my head i was thinking you know i've been in uh, the state hospital with acutely psychotic patients you know for the last 20 years that that are hearing voices and are being tormented, and they're agitated, and the police just pulled one out of a tree, you know, that sort of thing, and it was my job to go into a room with them and assess them, you know, and you have to learn how to control your anxiety in those situations, and I had 22 years of learning how to control my anxiety and get to the task at hand, whether I'm in an emergency room or in a a state hospital, and, and control my Adrenals. I guess we'll say that. <laughs> I learned how to do that, and so and I thought in my head, you know, Martha's not that scary compared to you know some of the things being threatened, you know. And um, so I was thinking, how how do I? Whatever I, a nurse, and now a business owner, there is so much that I've learned as a nurse that that I use every single day in business. So you know, everything that you do, every choice that you make, everything that you learn creates what you need in the moment. If, if you kind of pause and say, oh, I've got something back there I've learned. This will be useful for today.
0: Oh, Angie, I love that. You know, and specifically that your 20 years of working in psychiatric nursing really helped you for the Martha Stewart show. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, being able to control yourself. And I'm uh-huh. sure if you wouldn't have been able to do that, that you wouldn't have been able to do as great as you, as you did on Martha Stewart. So I love that insight. So we believe, Angie, that the high-performance mindset, that if your dreams don't scare you, they, they aren't big enough. Kind of what that means is just that when you dream small, you, know, you limit yourself to what actually you can do. So can you talk about you know, what might be scary coming up in the future? Do you have a dream with uh, Angie's um, Boom Chicka Pop? Or maybe in your life that, that maybe creates a little bit of anxiety for you?
1: Ooh, I, I am scared every single day. <laughs> Let me just say that. And it's learning how to manage that that um, fear. And I don't see fear. I mean, look, I don't live by fear. I don't mean that. I mean it's that I know that it's there and it's containable. We're in a competitive marketplace, mm-hmm. Um and we compete every day with businesses that are bigger, stronger, faster than we are. And so I, my, you know, my, my dream is to be bigger, stronger, faster than those folks. Will that happen? Um, yes. I mean, it absolutely can happen. Uh, we have to put the right people in place we have to like it's like getting getting the growth right getting the team right that i think is getting the people right the synergy right within the team and 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 to help people become like their very best amazing um self and that sounds so cliche but to see people do things that they never thought they could do so i know that's more that's not like oh if, if you ask my husband, it would be to own uh, a professional sporting team. That one scares me because I'm thinking, you know how big we have to grow for him to have that? That one scares me. That's his <laughs> dream. Not My my dream is how to make that happen.
0: <laughs> uh, Angie, I love what you said in terms of that your fear is containable, but that every single day that you're walking around with this fear, but you know that it doesn't you know, define you, that you don't have to pay attention to it, and you can do something about it. And I think as an entrepreneur, you can get so stuck in that mindset of, of letting that fear just go overcome your body, and then you get stuck. You have so it's much anxiety immobilizing. Right? immobilizing. Yep. Um, so you have in front of you the top 10 traits of high performers. Oh, yeah. Um, and if anybody wants to get this, they can get this at Um and Then they get signed up for free videos that I send every week about high performance. Which one of those, as an entrepreneur, do you think that um, you exhibit the most, Angie? And you've talked about a lot of those mm-hmm. <laughs> so far in our interview. Which one do you feel like, yep, um, yeah, it's something that you you do pretty good at?
1: Here's, here's the one I was drawn to immediately was I have, I think, a high self-awareness, but just as soon as I think I have a high self-awareness, I do something, and I was like, how long have I been doing that? You know, like, well, isn't that my mom? Well, no, it's me, you know? <laughs> so as soon as I think I have this down, like, I know myself, there's something that I've been unconscious about for years, you know? So um, I, I think it's a, a mix between that and, and being gritty. Uh, and, and then that having the thought before the action, like, everything starts with a thought and and I think that triad for me is what where I feel um that that I land in this and then and then you put my husband in there who has you know the complimentary of me like he's Mr. Action um and I think we we probably work through all of this together you know like we all have shades of this together and we you know we kind of have some role flexibility so on one day I can be this, and he can be the yeah. I, he can be gritty, and I can be
0: contemplative. I guess you, know? uh, you make a good team. So far, so good. So yeah. far, so good. Yeah. Um, which one of those do you feel like? Yeah, you're still working on. I mean, just this the point is, is that we're all kind of a work in progress, and nobody, uh, it, you know, has all these high traits or these top ten traits perfectly all the time.
1: I go straight to the problem. You know, like which is can be like the negative. Like here's the problem we gotta do. You know, and so that's that's my struggle right there. And I think that comes from nursing. You identify the problem and you go take care of the problem. You know, instead of kind of. And sometimes I have that tunnel vision right there. I gotta go fix this problem. And um, and so I think that's the one I struggle with. the choose the empowering emotion because I'm there and I wanna like I oh, I know for me it's about fixing it or finding a solution. But it starts with that, like I, there's a problem here and I'm upset about this problem. So it carries that sort of negative stuff with it. And so that's my challenge.
0: I just think about earlier what you were talking about in the interview in terms of finding a solution. And even when the Vikings bins didn't work out, you kept on finding a solution. And you weren't focused on things that you couldn't control. I mean, you couldn't control the situation on... The boat, um, you know, that sort of defined the Vikings that season. You couldn't control out external variables, but what you could control is finding a solution. That's right. Um, okay, Andy, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the speed round. So I want okay. you to do is I want you to think about the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you this question. Is there, you know, any, a book that you'd recommend us uh, to read or a person to follow or maybe a podcast or something like that that you listen to to kind of stay mentally fresh?
1: And this is old, and I would say it's, it's uh, Victor Frankl's, Man's Search for Meaning, because it's all about understanding why you're doing something, because you can live with whatever how. And then it, it's also about the perspective of, that you bring to a situation. Um, that book was the most impactful book I've ever read.
0: I have heard a lot of entrepreneurs say that that book was... Really? I have. So... Um, I would have never guessed... I understand the impactfulness of that book. Mm-hmm. What's one word that people would describe you as? I, I This one was tough, but I think what
1: I'm hearing lately is inspirational. That's what I'm getting. So uh, before that, it, people would go, Isn't she cute?
0: Oh, I hated that. Like, I'm not just cute. <laughs> I think that you're very inspirational as well. And just listening to you to talk, talk, I'm very inspired to continue to build my business. And I know as people are listening, they're going to be inspired to keep on going and finding a solution by keeping those relationships front and center. And that's one of the things that I really heard from you today. What's the best advice you've ever received? Well, I'm going to say this was kindergarten. You know, treat
1: somebody like you want to be treated. That's probably advice I've lived by
0: all my life. And one of the reasons your business is so successful. Is there a quote that you live by or anything that you know stands out to you as something really helpful?
1: Well, okay, so I don't have a quote. I don't have maxims floating around in my head, but I did find one that I think kind of speaks to how I think about things. Um, respect is earned. Honesty is appreciated. Trust is gained and loyalty is returned.
0: What advice do you have for entrepreneurs, high performers that are listening um, in terms of what have you learned along your journey to help them?
1: Yeah, just be your be yourself. You know, um, if, if you want relevance in the world, be relevant, and, and do something that that makes you relevant or makes you feel like um, what you're doing matters. Even if you're selling popcorn, or you know, in itself, you wouldn't. It's not obvious that it matters, but the way that you conduct your business is how it matters and it can matter now we're now our business supports 250 families you know and their dreams and their goals and putting their kids to college so i guess that's my advice if you if you want to be relevant
0: in the world go do something relevant that is a perfect way to end this very inspirational podcast so angie thank you so much for your time there's so many things that stood out to me about um the interview today I think relationships is really important um, and staying true to those, always finding a solution, keeping uh, your team front and center, but hiring people that are um, going to be really good for your team. And I heard quite a bit about being having integrity in your product uh, and staying true to your product and how, how, how you make it as well. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this was fun. Awesome. Thank you, (laughs) Angie. Thank you for listening to High Performance Mindset. Are you signed up for Sindra's weekly email with free mental tools and strategies for high performance? Why the heck not? Text MENTALLY STRONG, all one word, to 22828 or visit sindracampoff.com.